watch this. This was something of a last-minute switch, and it's appropriate. It's an appropriate one, seeing as George Jetson was born on July 31st of this year. Or maybe he'll be born later in the year. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when he was born, but we do know, uh, based on an episode of the Jetsons, that he's 40 years old in the year 2062, meaning his birth year is 2022 which is the year we are currently in as of recording this podcast episode. Anyway, in honor of this momentous occasion, we are watching Jetsons the Movie. With me, I have Andrew. Hi there. And Riley. Hello there. Jetsons the Movie was released on July 6, 1990. It was directed by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, written by Dennis Marks, based on the Jetsons series created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, and stars Georgia Hanlon, Mel Blanc, Penny Singleton, Tiffany, Patrick Zimmerman, Don Messick, and Jean Vanderpil. In this movie, George Jetson is given a promotion that causes him to relocate himself and his family into the far reaches of space. It doesn't have a critic's consensus, but I just wrote, it's Jetson time. As always, if you, you want, you know, it it is Jetson time. <laughs> yeah. As always, if you want to watch along with us, then you can go over to Just Watch to find out where you can buy, rent, or stream the movie in your area. This time, you'll need to pause the movie after the Universal logo finishes playing, which should be about thirty-seven seconds in. And when I give the countdown and say now, then press play, and you should be synced with us. All right, what do you think of us doing Jetsons the movie? I think it's an excellent thing to do. I've never, like, known, like, what's the, I never know the whole, like, prop, like, the whole, what's the word? I don't know the whole thing about, like, the Jetsons. I don't know what it's about, so. It's about I've a family. It on, like, multiple regions, but I don't it's know a, it is. It's, it's essentially the Flintstones except in the future. Okay. And the, the, ma- the magnificent far-off future of 2062. It's like when you're watching Blade Runner and it's in the fantastical future world of 2019. Wait, it just made me think of this. Are we older than than George Jetson? Yes, we are older than George oh. Jetson. <laughs> We're older than George like, Jetson. <laughs> who knows? In 2062, George Jetson will look up to us as influential film directors. Oh my god. Yes! Yes! <laughs> this is great. I love this. <laughs> what a timeline to be alive. Yeah. Oh, yes. There will be a Wikipedia pages about us in 2062, guys. Let's go. Yeah, I have faith in y'all. All right, so, um, anyway, are we ready to watch the movie? Not before I sing happy birthday to George Jetson. <laughs> okay. Wait, I can't, because it's, I, I can't get, get, I can't, the risk of being copy-striked, I can't. <clears throat> I mean, happy birthday did fall into the public domain in, um, a couple years ago, because it was, like, over 96 years old. I remember how momentous it was when uh, The Great Gatsby went into the public domain, like, last year. You know something? <laughs> Winnie is now in the public domain, and now they're making a horror movie of it. Yes! 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 I heard about that! 
<laughs> this yeah, is what you guys do when something gets put in the public domain. And Just... it's glorious. Imagine what happens when Mickey goes into the public domain. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, for the record, anyway, um, yeah, Andrew. I was just about to say, I think I want I want to read this poem for our dear boy George Jetson, who was just recently born and recently celebrated his birthday. Therefore, <laughs> it's a very it's a very eloquent Shakespearean poem. <clears throat> Happy birthday to you! You live in a zoo. You look like a monkey, and you smell like one too. <laughs> Okay. This is a guaranteed Madagascar moment. Yep. Anyway, um... Okay, I have a couple more things to say. I just want to start the movie. I don't want to waste any more time. Are you guys ready? Hey. Alright. Three, two, one, now! Alright. You know, since it's never specified when George Jetson was born in the year 2022, he could have been born today. Wow. He could have been born right as you said now. <laughs> wow. Oh, that that reads the same energy as something. Um, I have a friend. I have a. I used to know this guy who. Uh, I, I still know him. I I'm not really. I I don't. I'm not into super close contact with him anymore. But um, he was born in the month that Celine Dion recorded "My Heart Will Go On." So and he theorized that Celine Dion belted out that jaw-dropping key change at near the end of the song um, when <laughs> when he was entering the world. But that's just a theory. <laughs> Reminds me of when uh, the Austrian composer Anton Bruckner wrote his seventh symphony. He was writing the slow movement. And as soon as he like wrote down like the, the giant climax of the movement, Richard Wagner died. I'm very happy for that. I'm glad he's dead. Oh and to be God. honest, I have no I have no feelings towards Anton Bruckner because I've listened to some of his works. They're very boring. Mm. I would even call them psychotherapeutically lugubrious. Um for the uninitiated, um for those who are just like who who, who aren't in who don't get our lore um uh psychotherapeutically lugubrious was um is is a term that robert Criscow used to describe um the musical next to normal no it was he used it to describe uh john lennon's imagine oh i i, I and that's when he, yeah you go uh oh i just uh no actually raleigh you go ahead i it was Riley? And that was the exact same episode we Kay and I found out that we were <laughs> both in 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> oh, um, speaking when of- When we meet up, we should totally do like a, like a cover of 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And you and Kay just play your characters. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I don't know, um- I my brother my younger brother's girlfriend was in a 
production of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It was a high school production that um, kept the erection song. <laughs> no way. I am, I have no idea who, uh, if any of my friends were in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, but I do know that one of my dear friends who I met in uh, junior year of high school, they actually, uh, they actually were in Urinetown and get this, they played the same character that you played, Riley. Let's go. Hmm. When I was a junior in high school. Oh, um, (laughs) oh my god, his feet. Oh my god, George Jetson feet moment. <laughs> George Jetson feet pics. God damn it, Tarantino. <laughs> um, speaking of Tarantino, um, I hear he's got a podcast up and running now. My mom listens to it. Oh my god, I love how like late 80s, early 90s the CG is in this movie. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, um, back to the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Um, I, like, they often have, like, very special guest spellers. Um, like, Julie Andrews was on it, was a guest what? speller. Yeah, wow. Julie, yeah, she was a guest speller. They gave her the word supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and she got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> also. Dang, Julie Andrews? You're joking. She's yes. an icon. She's a legend, and she is the moment. Yeah, and uh, that reminds me of some. And like, um, the, like they also got. Wait, like, wait, wait, the wait, 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 no, wait, wait. Can wait. you let Romy finish? Fine. Can you let Romy finish, please? Yeah, they also got like the winner of the script spelling bee, and uh, they got and and like they, and she managed to spell like fourteen words in a row before they finally stumped her. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Also, they should really get Robert Crisco on 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee and have his word be psychotherapeutically the goose. Oh my god. And it's funny because in the actual, like, the actual production of Spelling Bee, they do the whole, like, they actually spell out lugubrious. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Arfei, who, spoiler alert, wins the Spelling Bee, he spells out lugubrious, so... Spoilers. With his foot, I should let you know that, too. With his foot. Directed by Quentin Tarantino moment? Exactly. Yep. Mm. Okay. <sighs> okay. Maybe George Jetson should be on 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. I don't know. Yeah, oh um, my gosh, is this a new running gag? Yeah. Mm. When we get to heaven, it's just gonna be the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> oh, I- I'm just looking up. Uh, during the Tony Wars broadcast, Reverend Al Sharpton appeared as the guest speller. He was given the word ding and got it wrong, which allowed the cast to sing Prayer the Comfort Counselor. Rona Lisa com- commented that Sharpton was going to run for class president on the platform of racial equality and macaroni and cheese. Hmm. So wait, which word did he get wrong? Uh, dang. D-E-N-G-E. I thought you meant D-A-N-G. <laughs> and I was like, how dumb are you to get that wrong? Okay. 
I should probably uh, confess this now. I have absolutely no emotional attachment for the Jetsons. Yeah, um, same. I'm I'm more of a Flintstones kind of person, mostly because of Granddad. Ah, uh, yes. Um. Uh, but I. Don Goodman. Yeah, and uh, I did like. I did go to um. I'm in Newfoundland. Uh, we I went to the regatta this week, and like there was a booth selling stuff like Funko Pops and like the little um and little geeky toys, action figures, and like they had a couple of Funko sodas, and one of them was George Jetson. Mm. And Funko sodas are like little figurines that come in like a tiny soda-shaped container. And I and I said like, oh yeah, George Jetson was born recently. <laughs> and imagine having Funko Pops of someone who wasn't even born yet. Wait, <laughs> guys, guys, guys! George Jetson was born on the exact same day that Beanie Feldstein loved Funny Girl. Wow! It's a, it's a sign. What? It's a sign. He's like the Antichrist. As soon as he's born, think bad things start to happen. <laughs> you know, I'm have to be honest. It's it's weird seeing this uh, '60s Hanna Barbera cartoon with the same animation style as Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Yeah. Animaniacs is amazing. I love Animaniacs. Yeah, Anima oh my Animaniacs god. is god tier, to be honest. Yeah, I have a couple of original. I have a couple of original airings of several episodes of Animaniacs. I, I got them from like various people. Like no these way. are original nice. airings with the commercials intact, and like oh one gosh. of them is the original airing of the episode that featured Yakko's World song. Nice. No yeah. No way. That's funny. Um, my mom, like, even though she was in college when Animaniacs like first premiered, she like watched it in her college dorm. Oh, it's just uh, that good. It's just it's, that's it's just a testament that to good. its yeah. It's a testament to its power. Yeah. I just can't. You know what? I I can't get that fingerprints joke out of my mind now. Oh god. Oh my god! I just the fingerprints. And the funny thing, also, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the reboot, but in the reboot, they completely make fun of everything. They slander everything. It's insane. I, I, I absolutely love the Tucker Carlson parody they do. They do! They completely slander Fox News. It's called Faux News. It's super funny. I, I wonder if any Fox News anchors have watched this. Watch I that. I hope they have. Yeah. Yeah. You, but even, even, you know, the fingerprints joke wasn't even my first uh, introduction to Animaniacs. That was actually the the U.S. president's song. Oh. Really? Mine was always the Yakko's World one. Hmm. Well, when I was six, I was like really, when I was like around five and six, I was really interested in the U.S. presidents and... Uh, that Animaniacs video is one of my, it's one of the first uh, Animaniacs things I saw. I was a kid when they were still airing reruns of Animaniacs, and it went over my head for some reason. And um, 
like and f like for some reason I distinctly remember the Power Rangers parody they did. What? They did a Power Rangers parody? It was later on in the show. I think it was around the same time they did like a parody of the Macarena song. Oh what? <laughs> yes, that's they did. It's the Animaniacs keep reminding us that they were from the 1990s. Uh, I mean, it was the later episodes when they were trying to be all, like, hip with the kids. I feel like, since it's the Animaniacs, it's less being, like, hip with the kids and more like, we're gonna make fun of what's hip with the kids. Yeah. I have never seen, you know, I have never seen the full Macarena music video, but I've I've seen a snippet of it. And it and it's like the core, the famous chorus, and it just always astounded me that it was just like two middle-aged men singing in a into a microphone in a white background. That is that the image that I think of when I hear the word macarena. Hmm. And I I mostly associate the macarena now with um um with two things. One with um a radiothon that uh, a local station might in my area put off where you can request any song and um as long as the, as long as you made a donation to like a charity and like a, there was yeah i i, I want to talk more about that but i also associate that song with um its appearance in muppets most wanted where it was miss piggy singing the song mm. i want to give a quick little anecdote about um like radios and stuff um I don't remember what song it was, um, but it was in like the 80s, I think she was like, I think my mom was in like high school when this happened, or college, I'm not exactly sure, but I don't remember the song, I can ask her when she gets home from work, but she listened to, uh, to it on the radio for the first time, first time she ever heard it was on the radio in a, on a local like radio station, and she was like, so invested in the song she really liked it that she called the radio station while they were on air and asked what the song was called <laughs> so i'll ask gonna... what that was but... that was a certified mr krabs electric zoo moment <laughs> huh? i don't get it you, you know when he was like uh, mr krabs calls the radio and he's like can you do the one that goes oh, beep beep yeah. bop boop bop yeah that, yeah, yeah, I know that one. I'm just gonna take a shot in the dark and guess what the song is. Uh, I'm no. just gonna say When Doves Cry by Prince. I mean, if I heard that on the radio, I'd be like, oh, shoot, can you play that song again? That was radical. <laughs> Wait, one second. I, um, one second. Hang on. Anyway, Romy, when you were talking about like the uh, radio station that would play any song you want as long as you make a donation, it, it was an I would annual radiothon. Well, I would gladly donate some money I'm if they right play now. if they played a little bit of that Los Angeles blues music. <laughs> yes, that would have been so funny. I, I really wish they still did that, but like. They like that station has since been monopolized. They they did it uh, every year for like four years, and uh, like somebody requested two thousand dollars for the Monster Mash the first year they did it. Two thousand dollars for the Monster Mash. 
And um, anyway, Riley, you missed my epic joke. Uh, I was talking to Romy about maybe uh, if that radio contest is still going on where you donate money and they play any song you want. I would donate all of my money to that charity just to hear a little bit of that Los Angeles blues music. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, if they played the Fraggle Rock theme, they played, um, Magic Dance from Labyrinth, um, let me see. Uh, well, last year they did, they've had, like, a, you know, a lot more, like, recent music. Um, it was, like, this was a top 40 station. They played a bunch, they played, like, TV themes, the Gummy Bears theme. Um, nice. The gem and the holograms. Wait, hang on, hang on. Okay, wait. Uh, my mom's calling right now. I'm gonna ask her. Hang mm. on. Hello. Anyway, uh, oh, I would also okay, pay okay. money for the Jimmy Buffett so, discography. Um, yeah. We want to know. We were mentioning how you called the radio station and asked what song it was. I forgot what it was. What song was it? Okay. She forgot to mute herself. Seven Mary Three Cumbersome. That's what it was called. Okay. 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 Mystery solved. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm gonna let them know. Yep. <laughs> Bye. See you when you get home. We okay. heard it. You forgot to mute yourself. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I'm sorry you guys. But it was called um, Cumbersome by Seven Married Trees. Se Seven Married oh, Trees okay. Cumbersome. Oh, here we go, here we go. I found it, I found it. Uh, don't play it. Don't copy. Don't copy strike us. Here it is. Mute uh, myself and listen to it and see if I if it if I know what the song is. Hmm. Maybe we should. Hmm, I think we should put that album on the wheel for Rock of Ages. So now we have an anecdote for me. <laughs> Yeah, um, so, um, I've been looking up what movies are on the flight, um... Yeah, I remember that song. I wouldn't exactly ask the DJ to play it again, though. <laughs> it was funny. Maybe if they played Close to the Edge on the radio, I'd ask them to play it again. Yeah. The we joke is, it's it. an 18-minute song. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe if they played L.A. Blues, I would call and ask what the song was to completely yeah. slander it. I actually... Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, like, next time, like, I, like, if, next time I get, a, like, a state, like, imagine if, like, I can totally imagine, like, there's only, like, one other station, there's only one other station that's not monopolized and could easily do a pay-for-play, um, hmm. Uh, I could, um, I could easily, I could easily 
just as a joke, as a tribute to you to um, play LA, ask them to play LA Blues to the confusion of every normie in the province. It would be amazing, though, if you two played LA Blues in concert. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Just Bart screaming his little heart out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I'll never let I'll never let you live that down, Riley. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I just laugh at myself for that. Okay, so um So apparently the Jetsons are moving to Mars because the plot demands it. Yeah. Because he got a promotion and he's moving them every moving them there. Um, so, um, I'm looking up what movies are on, uh, the flight, uh, are on the flight right now. Um, After Yang, I really want to see that. Come on, come on, I want to see that one too. Um, Flea, I already saw. These are all the, these are all the most recent ones. Licorice Pizza. I want to see Parallel Mothers. Um, I... I already saw the bad guys. I really want to see Worst Person in the World, and I never got to see uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm. Um, and, um. But this one should be of interest to you guys Morbius. Oh, wow. We can see Morbius for free! <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, sadly, I never got that job at the movie theater, but I think I'll reapply again, just to make sure. Yeah. So I could see Morbius for free. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when they actually reissued Morbius in theater because they because of all the memes, but they and no one know. saw it. Yes. You know, I, Romy, I found the solution to make your podcast more uh, successful and get more views. Just call it Morbius. <laughs> uh, yeah, just call it Morbius too. I think this movie would be I think I think the Jetsons movie would have been more successful if it was called Morbius 2. I think a lot of things in life would be more successful if they were called Morbius 2. I'm I think I'm gonna name my firstborn Morbius 2. <laughs> I mean we all let make fun of Quentin Tarantino for his foot fetish, but if we renamed the foot the Morbius 2, then suddenly it would be a lot more appealing. I'm looking at the comedy movies, and Magnolia is listed under comedy for some reason, even though it's like a dark... It's, it's like an emotional drama. It's funny because what? John C. Riley's in it. He's funny. That <laughs> <laughs> um, really it's the same energy as Adam Sandler being in a drama movie and winning an award over it. And then making it about, like, how the nominees just lost to Adam Sandler in a drama movie. <laughs> like, what movie is that called? Um, wait, I'm gonna find it. Hang on, it's Adam Sandler. It's not uh, Uncut drama. Gems, is it? I think it is Uncut Gems. Yeah, it is Uncut Gems. Wow, I really need to see that movie. I still need to see that. I saw somebody in Costco wearing an Uncut Gems shirt. <laughs> And like, I, 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 I believe I heard that Adam Sandler, if he wasn't going to get nominated for 
for Uncut Gems, he would for the Oscars, he would make the worst film imaginable. Surprise, surprise, he didn't get nominated for Uncut Gems. Which means we're screwed. He, what was the film called? Hubie Halloween? Yeah. Um, I think that was already in production by the time uh, he did Uncut Gems. So he was just going to make it anyway. He was just screwing with us. Yes. <laughs> oh, that Adam. Gotta love him. Yeah. Mm. To be frank, I'm not interested in this movie. Hey, they have some cri yeah, they have some Criterion stuff um, on uh, uh, on the on the flight. Um, this uh, just a couple. Uh, we already we've done Chunking Express before. They also have um, Desert Hearts and Paris is Burning. And Good. uh okay. they also have a hard day's night. Which is Yo. pretty cool. Yeah. You can add and this is on your flight or something? Yeah, this is the, I think this is all the movies that are currently on the flight. Um New York. Yeah. Well you have a choice. You can either watch uh, a hard day's night, um one of the one of the greatest uh, like rock movies ever. You can watch Morbius, which is going to be a, an experience, but not a good one. Or you could be like Riley, and you can watch episodes of The Owl House. Um, they don't have <laughs> the Owl House. Yeah, they don't have The Owl House, sadly, but they do have Big City Greens. And oh, that's a fine show. Yeah. I like it. Well, what airline are you flying, though? Um, I don't want to say. Okay. Uh, but they also but have, I'm... they also have bunked, and like some CBC stuff, like something called Remy and Boo. Just about. And bunked, you know, but you know what, you guys know what bunked is? It's a, it's a Jesse spinoff. Hmm. It's about th three out of four of the the rich Ross kids learning some humility. By going to summer camp, which, after spending four years with Jesse, they should have learned at least some humility, but I guess they didn't. And then, but then by the time of the third season, like the the camp burns down and they build it back up, and now they own the place until they, until they like sell it to their backwoods friend for a penny at the end of the season. And just when you think that that the show is finally going to be over, it doesn't. Because season four is just about the backwoods farm girl uh, trying to own the camp and deal with a lot of rambunctious counselors. And then the fifth season, this rich Canadian guy is jumps into the show for no reason. And uh, just when you think the show is about to end, like the, the series finale, the season finale for season five is pretty conclusive. No. It goes on to season six, where, like, everyone goes to Wyoming now. What? Oh, my God. They, they go from Maine to Wyoming. Wow. Like a, I... Doesn't Wyoming not exist? That's Ohio. <laughs> no, I'm talking yeah. about Wyoming. I've been to Wyoming, therefore it exists. Wait, Bunk is still going? Yeah, oh. that's what I've been talking about. It's like, yes. What? That show? What? Oh my 
my god! It's the way you described it makes it seem more like a zombie than like I thought SpongeBob was a zombie at this point. They're beating a dead horse with this one, guys. Why is there so much Jesse lore? Oh, oh my god! Uh, guys, guys, my my um my flight has Mickey Mouse Funhouse. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Yes, and my flight and when I when you land in place LA Blues. Oh my god. Yeah, baby. I'm oh, sorry god. for that. Yeah, baby. I'm sorry. Okay, wait. So, in case you guys don't know the Owl House, the story that I was mentioning, um, we had direct TV on our flight home from Boston. No, from New York to where um, so it was like a four-hour flight, but. When we were flying, uh, they had direct TV, so you could watch, like, live TV, and there was, like, multiple different channels that you could choose from, and they had Disney Channel, and apparently when we took off, there was, like, an hour and a half of the Owl House going on, and when the flight attendants came around to, like, like, for drinks and stuff, I ordered a can of apple juice, so, also... We had the emergency exit room, so we had like we had like we had the row that had like the emergency exits, and there's, there's like a bunch of leg room. So it was like this really cool like TV that was like on the seat, and it had like um, I don't know how to explain it, but it like came from the side, and it like was kind of like like adjustable, and we had like so much leg room, and it, there we had the desk and stuff. So I was sitting there watching the Owl House with a can of apple juice poured in ice. I I I am so jealous of that. Wow, you're living the dream, Riley. Oh yeah. And you know, and and you know, like apple juice is like apple blood in in the show, so it it fits. Yeah. Anyway, when you meant also when you mentioned Directv, I I just you reminded me of these of the old Directv commercials from the early 2010s. I freaking loved those commercials allow me to <laughs> like, is, are those the ones like don't attend your own funeral oh like... uh, yes let me, let me just list off one of them i because it, it is insane when your cable is on the fritz you get frustrated when you get frustrated your daughter imitates when your daughter what? imitates she gets thrown out of school when she gets thrown out of school she meets undesirables when she meets the undesirables, she ties the knot with undesirables. And when she ties the knot with undesirables, you get a grandson with a dog collar. Don't have a grandson with a dog collar. Get rid of cable and upgrade to direct TV. Oh my god, I love those. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. I love these things. Yes. When your cable company keeps you on hold, you get angry. When you get angry, you blow off steam. When you go blow off steam, accidents will happen. When accidents happen, you get an eye patch. When you get an eye patch, people think you're tough. When people think you're tough, people want to see how tough. And when people want to see how tough, you wake up in a roadside ditch. Don't wake up in a roadside <laughs> ditch. Get rid of cable and upgrade the direct TV. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Can you please just link this? I want to read these. Yeah. Like, you, should, yet, like, you can see them all. Yeah, Riley, you should add some of them into the videos to laugh at when you're sad playlist. 
I will for sure. And uh, there's also another video I was thinking you should up- put in the videos to laugh at when you're sad playlist. Um, it's like a it's a like, clip from the Bill and Ted animated series where they're on like a they're scrubbing the deck on some ship and then they're like, Bill, I have one question. What is it, Ted? What color is an orange? Ted, you bonehead! Its color's the same as name, same as its name, just like lemon. <laughs> Name a yellow fruit, orange. Orange. <laughs> I'm gonna link the video for you. What yeah. color is an orange? And the top com- the pinned comment is, Every time John Wick killed someone, I remembered the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just to remind you that this is a 1980s Jetson movie, here's a Sophistapop song. Um, sung by Tiffany. Tiffany who? The, um, like the Tiffany, the pop singer known for, um, stuff like, um, I Think We're Alone Now, which was actually a cover of a song by Tommy James and the Shondells, and around the same time, uh, Billy Idol did um, a cover of another Tommy James and the Shondells song called Moni Moni. Oh uh, yeah, I know that cover very well. And like they, but they I'm were... just but I'm just wondering what Tiffany's last name is. That's all I want to know. I don't know. Okay, let me look it up. You know, you know what? Uh, there has to be someone out there who knows what Tiffany's last name is. I think it's on Wikipedia. Yeah, um... Tiffany Renee... Tiffany Renee... Wait, what is this? I can't even say her last name. It's not (laughs) letting me say her last name. What? This is like... It's like Obama's last name. (laughs) People know it, but they can't say it. (laughs) Which, just between the three of us, his last name is Care. (laughs) Oh my god! I get it. That took me a while. Which <laughs> is actually kind of snazzy for a, for like an mm. 80s movie. I, I was just... Like, for some reason, the song reminds me of like... There was like an anime Mario movie. And it was released in 1985, I think. And like, it featured a song that was like very similar to... A song in a sequence very similar to that one. Um, it was called The Quest to Save Princess Peach. I think the whole thing's on YouTube. Uh. Hmm. Anyway, um, the I think this is the... I, I mean, uh, I think this is the most, like, out there uh, direct TV ad. When you wait forever for the cable guy, you get bored. When you get bored, you start staring out windows. When you start staring at windows, you see things you shouldn't see. When you see things you shouldn't see, you need to vanish. When you need to vanish, you fake your own death. When you fake your own death, you dye your eyebrows. And when you dye your eyebrows, you attend your own funeral as a guy named Phil Shipley. Don't attend your own funeral as a guy named Phil Shipley. Get rid of people and upgrade to direct TV. What is this? Who is making these? They deserve a Nobel Prize. Yeah. 
They deserve the Presidential Medal of Freedom. <laughs> they need to make these. They need to make those commercials again. I will not be a happy man until they make those commercials again. Oh, it, it reminds me of like some like commercial for um, uh, I I don't forget. It was like some job sir, job uh, site. Um, if you hate going to work every day, it may be time. If you hate going to work and no one respects you, it may be time. If you hate going to work, no one respects you. You cry constantly and you daydream of punching small animals. And it just kept um. What? I, I want to see if I can find it. Punching small animals. What? Yes. Jeez. Um. Uh, it was uh, it was the Super Bowl commercial for Career Builder. Hmm. Um. If, if you hate going to work, no one respects you. If you, if you, uh, like, it's, it's, it's gotta be one of my. I, I didn't really see it. I, I first came to. This commercial came to my attention because of uh, Flipnote Studio. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, here's here's a good one. <laughs> um, when you have cable and can't record all your shows, you feel unhappy. When you feel unhappy, you go to happy hour. When you go to happy hour, you're up for anything. When you're up for anything, you head for a Turkish bathhouse. When you head for a Turkish bathhouse, you meet Charlie Sheen. And when you meet Charlie Sheen, you reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Don't reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Get rid of Cable and upgrade to DirecTV. That, uh, like, I can... I'm almost convinced to, um, so, to put Platoon on the wheel so, um, we can reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Wait, can you link this? Can you link what you're reading off of? Because I want to read these. I, I, I linked the commercials proper in the gen chat. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. You can watch them while watching this. Yeah, um... I don't think any of us are watching the movie all the... to... to... <laughs> are the kids in one of those boxes? Um, I... It's like robot kids. Um... Robots can have kids? This is why the Jetsons universe doesn't work. <laughs> Oh, oh, speaking of universes that don't work, that trailer for the new Cars TV show came out, and uh, there are car ghosts, which prove, which seem to prove that hell is canon in the Cars universe. I, I knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> the, like, <laughs> I sure do love the implication of car religions. Like, the. Not, this isn't to say anything of the car, of the car priest, the car pope, which implies that there was a car Jesus. And the car crucifixion. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. How and would car they do crusades. That, um. How would a car crucifixion work? Oh my god. I'm this is why it doesn't work. <laughs> okay, now I'm scared. Oh no. It's okay to be scared, Riley. Just know that we're here to to help you. Yeah. Like, if you subscribe to the Pixar theory, you'll know that like, 
uh, the Cars universe is kind of post-apocalyptic. <laughs> That's right. I know about the Pixar theory. Also, there's like a there's a spinoff called Planes. Yes. And, and it proves the existence of Cars World War II, which proves the existence of a car Hitler and car Holocaust. Which means so that there is cars anti-Semitism, which so... means that there's a cars Wagner. <laughs> oh no! Um, no, there's a like you know some um like I and like and let's not get into the cars TSA check where they in cars two. Which implies oh. that the Cars universe had a 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> Which proves the existence of a Cars turning red. <laughs> well, there there are Cars... Well, the, in the Cars universe, they may have all the Pixar movies with Cars. Um, so, that checks out. Yeah, Maylin could be like a, a smart car and she turns into a like a... A four-wheel? Sixteen-wheel? Yeah. Oh, yeah! That would work! Mm. <laughs> I, I loved that scene. Um, Like, at the end, where, like, they were watching the car versions of Pixar movies. And John Ratzenberger was just having an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, because, like... They just lampshaded the fact that he's in, like, most of the Pixar movies. Yeah. And, uh, like, I can actually... Actually, I can actually remember finding out how I found out that, um, Joe Ramped, who was, uh, animator at Pixar, and the guy that played Heimlich, and, like, the, the Lenny, the, the viewmaster in, uh, Toy Story, um... Uh, he, I can remember when I found out he died. Um, it was like on a teletext channel that were like I think my, I think at, at my grandma's old house that was since torn down for a new house, and um, I and like it, this was like 2005, and I figured they would dedicate cars to him. I didn't realize the irony of him, like, the fact that he died in a car accident, and, like, and it was, it was very sweet that they actually took the time to put a little tribute to him in the credits of Cars, the first one. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. No, frankly, I always thought that Joe Ramped just died of old age, or just natural causes, I didn't know he died from a car crash. Whilst making cars. Yeah, he, he was he was in that movie as the fire truck. Yeah, the the one who could not speak for some reason. He had every right to speak, but he could not speak. I mean, he he was just a kind of shy dude. Mm. He could have had a German accent, like the the caterpillar from A Bug's Life, <laughs> which was... also Joe Ramped also voiced. Yeah, we don't. Well, I don't want to put Like, there's an alternate universe where the fire truck was just Morbius. I don't know why I went, my brain went there. It's just like. What? It all goes back to Morbius, my child. <laughs> and, the entire uh, universe is just Morbius. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm. Everything traces back to him. 
Romy, I'm sorry I called you my child. I you're like eight years older than me. Yeah. I I personally consider myself the den mom of the Trace Hombres. Or or the like the watch this gang and the Rock of Ages gang. Even though I'm, I'm the and I'm the edgy uncle and what would Riley be? I don't know what I'd be. I feel like an aunt for some reason. I mean, I'm like in the terms of Rock of Ages and watch this, I'm I'm pretty much like the Cub Scout leader who's no smarter than her peers, her hmm. uh, than the kids she's looking after. Mm -hmm. So, Romy's the dead mom, I'm the edgy uncle, Riley's the crocheting aunt. I'm like the crazy aunt that, like, everyone mm -hmm. kind of knows, but mm -hmm. that's kind of there. Yeah. I don't know what to call, like, the crazy aunt, no. You don't strike me as crazy. I wouldn't say the crazy aunt, but, like, the calm and, like, the, I don't know what to call my... But I consider myself as, like, someone who'd be, like, has, like, ant energy. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm the, like I said, I'm the edgy uncle. I have great music taste, and I can't stop bragging about my cool music taste. Huh, I'm, I'm in a similar league. Okay, this is new. Yeah, this song bops, honestly. Is this like B-52s or something? I mean, it's Tiffany again. Yeah. But it's... It... What's with the sudden change in art style? It's like a... It's... Uh, it's just... It's, just, it's 1990, do a lot of coke, and vote for George Bush George H.W. Bush, yeah. Yep. Ah, uh, there's a fly in my room. I, I was just trying to happens. swat it with my hands. Hmm. Like, this look- this radio it's the same energy as the Sledgehammer music video. Kinda does, yeah. And just like that music video, there's no Phil Collins, which makes it good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad there's also not any Jimmy Buffett or Bob Dylan. Jimmy Buffett is his baby, actually. Yeah, uh, but, um, like, in, like, there's gotta be an alternate cut of the Jetsons movie where Bob Dylan burst into George Jetson's room at 3 a.m. <laughs> screaming oh that he God. wants him. Wait, instead of <laughs> Tiffany doing the soundtrack for Jetsons, it's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> oh my God. No. He actually did do the soundtrack of a mid-2000s film called Hoot. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's about a guy in who just moved to Florida, and he and his new friends try to save a an endangered owl species from from being destroyed by a uh, pancake fast food joint opening up. I actually remember when a that movie pancake? was coming out, and uh, I didn't get to see it, but I might I consider adding it to the wheel just. So, just for old time's sake. Yeah, just out of curiosity. Yeah. I mean, I love uh, a good... I love a it good... Was it, Hold on. I love a good kooky Florida story. Mm -hmm. So the... Uh, 
The movie uh, was based on the 2002 novel by Carl Hyacin. I don't know if that's how you spell it. But it was. But I actually read the book before I saw the movie, and it was pretty good. The movie stars um, Logan Lerman as uh, Roy, the uh, the new kid, and uh, Cody Lindley as Mullet Fingers, the stepbrother of Beatrice, whom Roy befriends. Does anyone want to guess who Beatrice is played by? Brie Larson. Yep. Oh. And yes, yes, that Brie Larson. Yes, wow. I remember, like, I knew Brie Larson before, I basically knew Brie Larson before she blew up and became Captain Marvel and an Oscar winner. <laughs> I have the movie she won an Oscar for on DVD, which is Room, and I think uh, it's on the, um, I think it's on the wheel. I mean, if Brie Larson could keep a straight face when acting next to Tommy Wiseau, she deserves that Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Come to think of it, um, The Room would make a great April Fool's joke. April it, would Fool's make a, it would make a great unironic uh, watch this episode. Yeah. We should... And we should just, like, recite the film... As it, as it goes, it doesn't matter that we're all disjointed. We just recite the movie word for word, like, I did not hit her. It's not true. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, what? hi, Mark. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm back on the uh, website. Um, Like, that show I was on as an extra, Astro and Lily Save the World, that is on my flight. Nice. No People are going to see your... People are gonna see you on their plane. This is, this is your first step to becoming a star, kid. Yeah! I'm the greatest star from Funny Girl. I'm a star, a great big shining star. Star, yay! Funny Girl, but all the songs are played by the Ramones. Oh no! I thought you were gonna say Funny Girl, but all the songs are sung by Bob Dylan. That was exactly what I was gonna say. I can just totally imagine like Bob Dylan bursting into Fanny Bryce's room at three AM telling him that he telling her that she, he wants her. Okay, wait, hear me out. I there's like this trending audio that's like everywhere on TikTok right now. Gilbert Gottfried cover of Don't Rain on My Parade. <laughs> what? <laughs> it would be good. <laughs> wait. Guys, uh, let me ask you this. What show tune do you think Jimmy Buffett could sing? Oh no. I'm alive from next to normal. Oh my <laughs> god! But there, there's like a steel drum solo in the middle of it. Trombone <laughs> solo. <laughs> yes. Oh no, wait. I, you just reminded me of a thought I had. The perfect storm, but when the ship sinks, it's just a trombone solo from the Sublime song. Yeah, when the ship sings, uh, John C. Riley goes up to the deck and plays uh, "Wrong Way" on the on the ship. He does he does he does it for no reason whatsoever. He just does it. Yep. Anyway, what show tune would Bob Dylan sing? 
Wait, he I think he actually featured um at least one show tune on um his uh theme time radio hour. He didn't sing it, but um it was uh Heart from the original cast of Damn Yankees. Hmm. That was on a Jeopardy episode, like that was like one of the qu- uh, qu- answers like uh, I actually saw Maybe he I... could sing one of the maybe he could sing one of the epics. Um, yeah. Oh my god. You know, I wanna... you know, like King of Shadows, King of Space, Hades was King of the Underworld. Maybe. Oh my god, I just <laughs> wait, you go first, Romy. Maybe. Wait, um, Bob Dylan covered Defying Gravity. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Bob Dylan cover of Dust and Ashes. This is how I die. <laughs> Wearing clown shoes. Okay, wait, hear me out. Bob Dylan cover of every single song from Total Drama World Tour. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. Like, um, imagine Bob Dylan covering uh, We Built Gwen's Face. No! <laughs> <laughs> imagine oh, Bob on. Dylan covering the songs on in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bob Dylan cover of Into the Woods. Into the woods, the grandma's house. <laughs> Next question. Um, what show tune would Phil Collins cover? Oh no. Where the Tarzan um songs speak kind of show tunes? Yeah, but they don't count because he already made them. Wait, he These, actually. He this actually... has to be. Like bona fide Broadway guys. Hmm. I don't know. I think for some reason I my mind's go going because I have the cast recording on CD. Um, maybe it would be so funny to hear Phil Collins do a cover of Ireland from Legally Blonde. <laughs> oh no! You know, wait, wait. Since. It is established canon on Rock of Ages that Phil Collins is the dad next to normal. It would be fitting for him to sing I've Been. How? Cat. And Peter Gabriel would sing I'm Alive. Yeah. <laughs> I would and pay money. Like, and like... <laughs> Like there's an alternate universe where um there's a sublime musical and they keep the trombone solo or like they like it could happen if they can make a musical based on um about K-pop then they that... actually are doing a K-pop musical. They are. They What's are. It called? It's called K-pop the musical apparently. Wow. That's let creative. Me, let me see. Hang on. <laughs> I can't wait for I can't wait for Dave Beloit to get his hands on K-pop and turn it good. Yeah. Yep. Yep. K-pop the musical and it's coming to Broadway. <laughs> you know what we need? The lamb lies down on Broadway. On Broadway. Yeah. If if Weezer can do like a, a little four day residency on Broadway, then anything is possible. Oh my god, which show tunes would Weezer do? Hmm. Probably something rocky. 
so, something like kind of something just well so, don't be so sure a lot of the songs they did like late like this year and last year have, been, have had a lot more baroque pop elements to it um maybe something I, i'm thinking um something from rent i i like what seasons own... of love <laughs> yeah oh my God. I would kill to hear Rivers Cuomo sing 5,200, minutes. 525,600 minutes. Yeah, that. I think it would really fit on Pinkerton, especially since both Rent and Pinkerton were released the same year. Remember when Weezer did a music video that featured the Muppet Show? Like they, like they were on the um, like they made they did a music video where they were just on the Muppet Show, and um, and then Miss Piggy held the drummer backstage. Hot. Um, of course, it's always the drummer. Anyway, what was the song for the music video? Uh, it's called Keep Fishing. It was and. Released in 2002, I think. Hmm. Didn't the Weezer also do, like, another collab with the Muppets? Weezer, um... They did, like... like uh, they, the Muppets did, like, a collab album with a lot of artists, and Weezer was one of them. Oh, yeah! They did, um... They did a cover... Like, they did a cover of The Rainbow Connection featuring Haley Williams <laughs> from Paramore on guest vocals. Think, think about, imagine that. Weezer sings the Rainbow Connection. Yeah, but you it's, know what? It's actually very. You know that? What? Sorry, you go. Um, it's actually quite. It's actually not what you. It's actually mostly not what you expect from Weezer. It's actually very like, a little bit dreamy, and uh, I don't hmm. know what else to say. But Raleigh, you go ahead. Okay, so in Barbara Streisand's new album. Um, she covers Rainbow Connection featuring Kermit the Frog. Oh, oh yeah, I heard- precious. Yeah, I heard about that. Um, well, it, it was actually- she recorded it in 1979, around the same time the Muppet movie released. And, like, yeah. they- and for some reason, they- instead of, like, getting Matt Vogel to do the Kermit part, um, they just spliced in Jim Henson's old vocals, and it sounds kind of off-putting. I actually linked I think I actually linked it earlier no actually I have linked it in this um, server before but I remember when like we were trying to do the Muppet movie episode and Siva Gunner put out a Rainbow Connection rip it was like I it was like a music video of like a Kermit puppet singing um the Rainbow Connection but all the lyrics were the lyrics of astronaut in the ocean <laughs> Oh no! I got. Wait, imagine Weezer covering Astronaut in the Ocean. Oh no. No, imagine Weezer covering the Blues. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Weezer covering LA Blues. Oh my. Like. Yeah, so, um, that's. So I just linked. Riley and Andrew, I linked you the. Um. The. The, the high quality rip of Rainbow Connection. <laughs> Thank you. Also, since you guys mentioned uh, Barbara Streisand, I also wanted to bring up this uh, 
review of one of Barbara Streisand's albums from Robert Christgau. Whoa. Oh my god! Oh my god, I'm all ears. Allow me to do this in my best Robert Christgau impression. At least I think this is a good Robert Christgau impression. <clears throat> I had hopes for this record, honest. I certainly prefer the show tunes of her flowering to the rock of her Hollywood face. And I enjoy discovering musical comedy gems my normal interests would never steer me to. But unearthing gems is not Barbara's purpose. There are only three lyricists here. Ira Gershwin, Oscar Hammerstein II, and the album's real reason for being, Stephen Sondheim, who sums up his aesthetic philosophy by rewriting a song about George Surratt so it applies instead to that other great artist, Les Streisand. I've enjoyed all the non-Sondheim songs and less precisely rot versions, and I'm also familiar with a little something called Send in the Clowns. I admire the cattiness of the ladies who lunch. The others, I live the rest of my life without. See. Wow. Uh, is this a Broadway album? Yep, it's the Broadway album. Oh. Um, so, like, Barbara's recent um, album is, like, like it's like she's done two collections of um, comp they're compilations of previously unreleased songs from like her like old from like throughout her career. Hmm. And um. So what do, what do we think of uh, Chris Gow's take on the Broadway album? Ah, it's it's very psychotherapeutically lugubrious. As a, it is a very Robert Chris Gow thing to write. Yeah, that sounds like Robert Crisco. Could not confuse it for anyone else, that old Robert Bobbert. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, baby. Bobby. I'm sorry. Next time we do a Bob Dylan album. Next time we do a Bob Dylan album on Rock of Ages, we need to call it we need to call him Bobby Baby Bobby Booby. Did, wait, hey, Riley, did you just say Bob Dylan covering Being Alive? Yes. <laughs> Being Alive. <laughs> okay, wait. Speaking of company, George Jetson was born on the day the company Broadway revival closed. Oh. Wow. <laughs> You're saying cool? <laughs> That's mildly interesting. Yeah. Unlike this movie, which has mildly uninterested me. Okay. Um. Uh, oh my god, wait. Bob Dylan cover of Ladies Who Lunch. Yes! Yes, to the Ladies Who Lunch. Listen to that. And one from Mahler. Who even wears a hat? Hmm. Oh, man, I... man, I think I was a bit too harsh when we did Company earlier this year. Who am I kidding? I was exceptionally harsh. You should. Um, I think it was my own fault, though. I did listen to like the wrong cast recording. Yeah, the listen to the better. The very minimalist cast recording with like just 13 cast members and they're the only ones playing instruments. Oh, 
Wait, speaking of company, I keep... Like, we still need to do um, the Documentary Now episode, original cast album, co-op. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that to us. Yeah, it's a bonus episode. Um... Yeah, mm. I, I maybe I should take the time to do it um sometime in the week since I'm not since I don't have to worry about working my old job anymore. Mm. Yeah, I'm almost. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of, well, kind of not speaking of, but uh, having a job is a grown-up thing, and you know what else is a grown-up thing? Morbius. What? Having a debit card. The the debit card hombres. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Hang on, wait, that's gonna go in the quotes. <laughs> when we meet up, we should just flex our debit cards so hard. Yeah. Um. Just go to the um. Just do some hmm. um. Just go to record store and buy some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh... That's, that's great. <laughs> you guys read it? Yes. You know what's also an adult thing? Morbius having a debit card. <laughs> you know, so, if you're a five-year-old, if, if, if you're, like, five years old, but you have a debit card in your possession, you're technically an adult. <laughs> That sounds like a gag from like the office or something like that. I don't know. That was just funny. And uh, I haven't seen too much office, but I love the fire drill uh, scene. <laughs> hmm. Some more TIFF movies have been um, Toronto Film Festival movies have been revealed. Uh, one of them is an of uh, the biopic of Weird Al Yankovic, starring Daniel oh, yes. Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I I have high expectations for that one. Uh, it looks Harry I, Potter I... as Weird Al. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It also reminds me of the uh, Grateful Dead movie uh, starring Jonah Hill as Jerry and directed by Martin Scorsese. Wow. And it also reminds me of the Bob Dylan biopic, with Bob Dylan being played by Timothy Chalamet. How? Did you say wow or how? I because, said wow. Well, wow and how both qualify in this scenario. Oh, I'll, there's some also some, there's another thing that's in the midnight section um of Tiff um. Like, remember that movie X about the porn crew that filmed at a farmhouse what? only to get murdered? You never make me forget about it. I mean, like, they're... Like, they, like that... Like, right after that movie, movie wrapped filming, they secretly made a prequel about the old lady from the movie in, like, World War Two, In, like, after World War... Like, during World War One. Um, it's called Pearl. And, uh... Hmm. Wow. 
That's something. Yeah, it's very interesting. Someone wrote the script, shot the scenes, and compiled them into what we call a film. Hmm. It's a movie, apparently. Yeah, he, like, like Ty West act- Oh, oh, yeah, that's something accidentally accurate. Um, he, like, he directed, co-wrote, and edited the movie. Hmm. Why not star in it while you're at it? Like Tommy Wiseau. Yep. Great, now I have his angelic voice stuck in my head again. I'm not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi, babe. I have something for you. Hey, great, now I'm just reminded of uh, Fruity Pinocchio. Uh, oh. Remember when that was the big stink of early this year? Yeah. Father, why can I leave to be on my own? I got the whole world to see. Man. I'm trying to think of one of the things he said in that movie, but that is all that I can think of. Uh, I I thought of one. Um, he was like, "Let's go, Timot. Great adventures await." Yeah, that is like literal lines from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ah yes, my favorite part of Pinocchio, where he says "skiddy skiddy skiddy skiddy" before proceeding to jump out of a window. Such a classic. <laughs> oh, did you guys hear about the new uh, Pinocchio movie that's coming out? It's like the live action Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the Guillermo del Toro one. The good one. Oh. The best, the better one. The, um, the Chad of the three 2022 Pinocchio movies. Uh, here, uh, here's another comment. There is no hatred in Geppetto's eyes, no sadness, no disappointment, only death. <laughs> All he wants is human flesh, Pinocchio. <laughs> is that, like, is that comment on the Yassified one? No, this is the, um, the live-action Pinocchio from- uh. Oh no, oh no, Nostalgia Critic covered the Pinocchio movie by Lionsgate. What? Oh my god. Yeah, he did it three months ago. Oh yeah, oh, those no. like, those furry creatures remind me of Ewoks. I, I... kind of yeah. Yeah. Um. Why are there so many Russian comments on the Nostalgia Critic review of Pinocchio? Maybe Russians like pin like um making fun of Polly Shore's yassified Pinocchio. Just as much mm. as uh, the rest of the world. Hmm. Actually, I think I think this uh, this version of Pinocchio is like fine. Yeah? It's by like a Russian, a Russian company. Hmm. Or maybe a Russian blogger retweeted it, or something. <laughs> oh my god. A prominent Russian. I'm blogger. just looking at I'm looking at this video called "Fruity Pinocchio Gets Shot and Dies." What? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a video of Fruity Pinocchio getting shot and dying. 
Wow. <laughs> he just falls right to the ground. I have no idea what happened in this movie, guys. Um, you can always go to Wikipedia and. I could. <laughs> he's got the whole world to see and he's not afraid to use it. It looks like they're going home. Does this mean the movie's almost over? Yeah, it's almost over. It's like it's not very long. It's it's just a uh, it's just like a, probably like half an hour longer than O Night Divine. <laughs> I love how it's like forty years into the future, and yet the planet Earth is unaffected by climate change or global warming. <laughs> um. Also, apparently, like um. So I also read this uh, in the book that um, I like Cogswell Cogs in the show was um, founded in Newfoundland, which means I am canon within the Jetsons lore. I think all three Woo! of us are. I think all three of us are canon within the Jetsons lore. <laughs> yep. Especially <laughs> since George Jetson may may look up to us, and by extension, the rest of his family. <laughs> Okay, I'm spinning the wheel now. I just don't want to waste any time. I'm just going to delay Medicine for Melancholy until... Maybe Medicine for Melancholy can be our last episode. Who knows? Um... Okay, um, I'm going to... Character Design Department Supervisor, Jack White. Jack White <laughs> isn't the guy from Black Stripes? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jack no, White! White Stripes! It's Jack White. You can remember him because he's not Jack Black. Because he'll probably appear in an orange bodysuit with squares on it and get crotch muffled by Miss Poogie. If you um, um, remember Andrew? the scene in... Yeah, yes, Riley? Andrew? Yeah? It's actually the white stripes. It's not the black stripes. Oh, no! <laughs> 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 Point and laugh. <laughs> All right, our, the next movie we'll be looking at is In the Heights. Let's go! Mm. Yeah! All right. Woo! All right. Mm. Thank you.